The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Um, today we, we want to discuss um, the issue is um, supporting or uh, illegal activities, even though you're not taking part, I mean, you're not actually doing something illegal, but you're in some ancillary way um, assisting others in their illegal or sinful activities. Um, it's a very relevant topic, as we'll see, besides in Beth Yishon, other places, um, which is, um, as we'll see in this video, but also it's, it's relevant even when it comes to the campaign, as you know, we just had a mayor campaign the other night, and uh, the question really becomes, that's everything down here, this one, food wise. The question becomes, uh, can you even support a candidate um, who, let's say, um, you might like their stance on Israel, but they have other, other moral um, stances which might be questionable. Then you can't support any of them. It's like, that's the point. <laughs> and they be part of the issue. So how does that work? Can I donate to their campaign? Can I um, vote for them, knowing that there are things in their platform that are against either Torah morals or whatever, or, or might believe general societal morals? So I'm going to show you. This is a video from uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Not sure, you'll see it in the video. Um, so basically the setup here, he has something called Uncle Sal's house, where he has a house with hidden cameras, and then he invites the Uncle Sal, who's like a real Italian, old-time Italian guy, he invites people to the house for different things, and they, they, film, the, they film the reactions. So this is an action, this is a scene. Um, Open the door so you can see the food well. So you see the screen? Can everyone see the screen? Besides you. Scoot, Peter, can you scoot down a little? So uh, hopefully the food is not in the way. Is there anything blocking the screen? You see it? Every now and then, we hide some cameras in a house. Cousin Sal calls pizzas or Chinese food delivery, or in this case, a very unfortunate carpet cleaner. Enjoy. Hey, thanks. Come on in. I appreciate it. Schnare? Oh, great. Come on in. Thanks. Can I ask for you, please? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not say it, but come on in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put those on there. Come on in. Well, I'm good. There you go. So we had a, uh, how you doing, man? What do you think? Is it salvageable? Uh, a little dinner party with wine. Marinara. 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 You know, my friend Mario spilled a little hey, something. No <laughs> Friend of ours. Right, a friend of ours. And a little, a little accident. We really like to salvage this. This is, means a lot to his family. What do you think? I don't know, to be honest with you. If you want, I can try. Um, or I can give you another option if you'd like. What's the other option? The other option is to get it dry cleaned. Well, let's, let's say it isn't marinara sauce or, or red yeah. wine. Yeah. Some kind of protein of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have to be taken out and cleaned and brought back, right? You would do it here. I personally can do it here. That's what we need it done here. But I can, like I said, I can do the best, I can do my best and give it a shot. Listen, listen, take this, okay? 
and, and you're gonna do just do the best you can. Yeah, do the best you can. Okay. Um. All right. If you don't mind, let me price it to you like a regular job. No, this is for you. Put it aside. This is for you. What's your name? What's your name? Schnapp. Listen, listen, Schnapp. She's got nothing to do with anything. I just want somebody to get these things out and to keep their mouth shut. Is that okay? What do you think? What kind of chances do you give this thing? Um, you know. Oh, oh, all right. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Hey, what about that? There's a spot over, over here too. Over there. What do you think? This <laughs> one Let me ask you a question. Hold on, hold on, Benny. What's hanging out of that thing? 
I see legs hanging out of that. No, 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 no. I didn't say legs. Did you say legs? No. I'm just saying I don't have the appropriate containment containers to dump that in. Let me ask you, in your complex, do you have a big dumpster there? We have just a regular dumpster. How big is the dumpster? Two fills. I have an idea. Here's what you do. You take that carpet, whatever you think you saw, we put it on your roof, you tie it up, and you drop it off at Jimmy Kimmel Live. Make it his problem. Is that all right? Yeah, that's a lot. Did you ever that? You can say hi to him right there. He's in that camera. And he's in that camera over there, too. Seriously, hi to Jimmy right there. Hi, Jimmy. Moment, so. Moment, so. Moment. I won't tell you about that. No, you just you said too much. It's the most I've ever watched Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jimmy Kimmel. Thanks for watching. It means a lot to me. And okay, so uh, the question is: Is this person? It's coming on. It's going to get signed. Okay. Now, his question is, how is it any different than the politicians running for office? Okay, so, so the, the, by the way, so this guy, his name was Schneer, I don't know if you noticed, he's Jewish from Brooklyn. He actually went to a, a, a reason why I found out about the story was someone tracked him down and actually interviewed him, um, some Jewish paper in New York. He lives in L.A., but he's a guy who went to Shiva. I don't know how religious he is now, but he, he went to Shiva as a, as a young child. Um, so someone tracked him down, they interviewed him, and in the interview, if you look in the back, I put the interview back of the page here, he claimed that uh, he was scared of his life, the reason why he was sort of, uh, you know, assisting them, seemingly uh, not, because he was scared of his, uh, literally, his, of his life. So once he saw them come out with the carpet, with the legs hanging out, he realized that he has to play along um, due, to the, due to the fact that his life was in danger. So I wanted to discuss this, um, like we said, the, the general topic is assisting with a illegal activity. Um, um, but in this particular case, as we'll see, there's, there's more to it. So, so let's, let's start with, um, first thing is, believe it or not, as we know, everything is in the Torah, in the Talmud. I found this exact case, the Jimmy Kimmel case, in the Talmud. Um, and that's verse number one here. Let's open up the page. Is see the top here? Everyone has one of these? Bridget, you got one? Should have, yes. Here. We got one. Who else needs one? We got it. Okay. The doctor doesn't have one. There you go. Um, okay, so the first, uh, the first source here is it's, a, it's actually from the Talmud and Tractate Nidarim. It's a very similar story. It says that uh, there's a rabbi, Ula. He was going up from Babylonia to, to Israel when first inside cover. And uh, <coughs> he was traveling with these two other people in the caravan and uh, from a city called Chazai. It says one of them during the trip rose up in anger and killed the other passengers. So the three passengers in, in this wagon, whatever it was, and uh, one, one of the other two guys, you have a rabbi and two other fellows. One fellow kills the other one. And the murderer asks Ula, who's the rabbi, he says to him, he says, did I, do, did I do a good job? I do the right thing, um, killing this guy. So Amalei says to him, he responds, yes, you did, okay? And not only that, you should have you done a better job. You should have uh, slit his throat. 
um, done a better job in the way he slit his throat. He actually didn't do a good enough job. So once he came to, once the rabbi arrived in Israel, he felt guilty, I guess, I guess about his statement to the murderer. And he asks, he asks his rabbi in Israel, Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, what uh, did he do the wrong thing by answering, by responding in that way? So he says, perhaps, heaven forbid, I'm guilty of having strengthened the hand of, of the sinner, of the murderer in this case. So Amar Leis, Rabbi Yochanan, responds to him and says, no, on the contrary, you saved your life by doing so, for he would have killed you otherwise. Um, the implication is that there is a problem with assisting sinners, even morally, even just verbally. In this case, obviously, he didn't help him in any which way. He wasn't assisting him in the murder, per se, but the fact that he was verbally assisting him, he felt was a problem, and the rabbi agreed it was a problem, but he said, in this particular scenario, you're exempt from that issue because of the fact that your life was in danger. Because if you would tell the murderer, no, you're a sinner, you did a terrible job, um, you're, he probably would have killed you too. Okay, so this is really, um, so this is what I want to apply to Schneier's situation, the carpet cleaner and on Jimmy Kimmel. It's very it's similar in that situation, um, at least from the halacha perspective. The fact that his life was in danger, um, therefore would allow him to assist in that situation. Now from the legal, legal perspective, I did speak to a criminal attorney um, who told me that the way he understands it, he, um, he was supposed to research for me and he get back to me yet, but he said that the, the fact, I explained him the case, I showed him the video, he said the fact that his life was in danger doesn't um, mitigate the fact that he committed a crime. He was getting rid of evidence, he was uh, assisting them um, in their situation. The question is, he says, obviously that, so he violated the law, he still would have to go to trial, to speak um, the difference is obviously would be a mitigating factor, the fact that his life, he felt his life was threatened would be a mitigating factor in in the sentencing. But as far as the law is concerned, he violated the law. This is what the criminal attorney told me. Anyone beg to differ with that? Any of the attorneys here? As far as uh, Peter, no, you agree? I'm not a criminal attorney, but I mean, I didn't really realize or observe that his life necessarily was in danger, for sure. If I was him, I wouldn't necessarily think <coughs> Well, he claims the fact once they saw the other carpet come out, he taking out of it, and, he, and his understanding of the situation, as you want to work with the people, you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's gray. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's gray? What's it's it? a little gray, I mean, in my mind. Well, the, to me, the proof is what he did afterwards. Did he dispose of it and make it, or no, did he? he, did. Well, he showed no, but even if he took it, in a real case deal, if he took it and he either he went to the authorities or he didn't dispose of it so that there, to destroy the evidence but left it on the side of the road. It's without going to authorities. Without, without, without going to authorities, it, at least he didn't destroy the evidence. You know, it kind of there's there's a gray line there. Yeah, but, but if you would have cleaned the car, if he's going to clean the carpet, which he he's agreeing to, at least in the in the clip, he's agreeing to clean the carpet without the carpet. destroying evidence. That's an illegal act um, in itself. Obviously, again, the question is, if he felt his life was threatened. But is it illegal for him to, on the surface, agree to do it? whether or not he actually intended on following through. Maybe he just wanted to say whatever he had to say to get out of the house. Correct. Yeah. The, the, the action that follows is what could possibly implicate So I don't know. What's, what did the attorney say? Meaning, let's say his intention was not to, not to clean, he was just being there to get out. He was non-committal about a couple of things. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if he took the money though, right? Yeah, he said he actually walked out of the house with a couple hundred dollars. In the interview, he said he walked out of the house. Exactly. He walked out of the house with a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. So, but he, he, would, he would have been threatened not to take the money. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. He, he donated it to his local rabbis. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mitigate it. Oh, but they can't take ill-gotten gain money. But I've never seen a rabbi decline. <laughs> oh, I think this first But to the extent that it, rather than spending it, he used it as evidence uh, that they were trying to pay him to do something wrong. I see it would also oh. go to. I mean, the wrong thing has already occurred. The person is dead. He yeah. could just go through all well, now, the, the motions. Is the and then he could even bury the person. And then when everyone goes away, then go to the police. Or he could report it. Yeah. Right. Well, so if, well, if actually he wants to save himself, he could go through all the motions, bury the person, the, and then go the to the The argument police. is even in situations, and I'm from Brooklyn, so I have experience. Um, in situations where you deal with mafia, I mean, even going to the police is not the safest thing. I mean, because. Even if they put, you're going to put you in a witness protection program, you're probably not going to come out um, from the witness protection program ever alive. So, so I'm not sure, meaning, so even the argument, his life could have been threatened, even as reporting. Right. Even if he says, let's say, the question is, he could have said, I couldn't get to stay now. I'm not sure why I didn't think of it. Could have said, I can't get to stay, I can't do the job. And then say, you know, there's nothing I can do. Well, he tried getting out of it. He said, my, I can't fit on my car. I don't have a place to dump it. Well, the he original stain, he was ready to work with them to clean it. He thought it was ketchup. Okay. There, there. So, From a Jewish law perspective, if he if, if he if he actually thought that his life was in danger, he's allowed to lie, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's so that's what's clear from here that from according to Allah, and that's what the rabbi is answering and responding to this oh, so you other lie, rabbi scenario. You can lie. Um, we did that one. We did that class. Because your life is, your, your, your yeah, life it's is in danger. It's true. We or to keep the house yeah. whole. Shalom yeah. Shalom bay. Yeah. He's known. No, you are allowed to lie. So uh, the question is, um, again, so from Allah, clearly from a Jewish law perspective, he clearly was allowed to lie. The, what I'm, but the point here, which is a very important point, is that it's not only, in this case, according to in, in Western law, American law, destroying evidence is illegal. Um, so there's, a, there's an illegal act as a system. But besides that, um, Allah is much stricter, and I, and I don't think there's a, I'm not sure there's a precedent for this in, in American law or in any Western law, is you can't even verbally support someone who's doing something wrong. That means you can't encourage their act, even if it's you're not participating at all. Like in this case, he's destroying evidence. Let's say you just, uh, let's say in this case, with the murder, for example, the case in the Talmud, which is he's traveling with them. He's not helping. The murder occurred already. He's not helping them in any which way. He's just saying, you know, you did a great job. It's just a moral support. You know, let's say someone like, for example, what's going on in Israel now, if you've seen this here on Facebook, you know, they have, uh, you know, there's stabbings every day, and they have Facebook uh, pages which support stabbings, called Stab a Jew, which, so that's moral support. They're not, there's nothing illegal, it's free speech, technically. In Facebook, there was a big fight with Facebook, was almost sued. They wouldn't remove the, the pages um, until there was Facebook protest. was sued. They were sued. They were sued. The lawsuit, the actual it's still going on, I think. So uh, now, I mean, they removed some of the pages, but, uh, but only after much protest. Uh, but the bottom line is, so even that posting on a Facebook page or, you know, kill a car, you know, great this cop was shot, that in itself is prohibited according to Jewish law. So even moral support, um, which again gets back to the original question we were discussing about supporting a candidate. So even if I'm not going to donate money to their campaign, but just I say, this candidate's great. As we're going to see, that in itself is problematic uh, within Jewish law. Um, and that's what the rabbi was telling you there, that supporting him, um, meaning, if if his life was not threatened in this case, he wouldn't be allowed to say, "Oh, you did a great job in slitting his throat," because that's moral support to murder, and you can't even do that. So again, there's nothing illegal 
that took place, technically speaking, he's not giving him the knife, he's not helping him you know, hold the guy down while he's murdered, he's not doing anything which would be an ancillary assistance to the murder, but the mere fact that he is encouraging him, that is problematic, as we're going to see. Now if, as we discussed here in the past, if, uh, before we go on, actually, just to, since we have two physicians in the room, I want to point out there's a whole other I'm side just a psychiatrist. Okay, just a second. He's, just, he's an attorney. Some of these people are just attorneys, so it's the same. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, you're a cardiologist? Surgeon. Surgeon. Yeah. So, uh, so get, others... Get in his mind for a while. Let's see okay. this. Um, there's another sidebar, which is really irrelevant to this class, but which is that you do see here that... Uh, so I want to bring a proof that you can't, that some understand there are two reasons why he said you should, have slit, you should slit his throat more. One is, um, like we're saying, his life was threatened. The other one, another opinion says that uh, in the commentaries on the Talmud that since the person was already suffering, he was bleeding out slowly, and he was suffering, the rabbi felt let him die a quicker death, so he told him to do a better slit, okay, to widen the slit. Um, that was another reason explained as to why. So what you see from there, which is just as far as medical ethics, in case you want to, we'll try to get you credit, maybe. Um, some continuing education is the, the from the medical ethics perspective that if someone is suffering the end stages of life you see you're allowed to hasten their death to a certain, or not hasten their death but at least have a non in this case hasten their death so that's a side point but in Halacha we have to also follow the law of the land right? so that is true so we'll, we'll talk about that but not when it's a violation of the Torah not if it contradicts the Torah so for example the Supreme Court says uh, homosexual marriages are uh, the law of the land but Still, if the Torah prohibits them, still can't officiate in marriage. We're not going. But in, in, in terms of like <laughs> hastening uh, or uh, facilitating the death to, to to remove the suffering, if there's a law in the land that prevents that, we were not able. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, because yes. that's not a mandated obligation. Torah doesn't say you have to, you know, facilitate someone's hasten someone's death. But what is, you see, you see, is you're allowed to, which is that in itself is a is a big statement that you're allowed to hasten someone's death because normally we don't allow hastening of the death. That's considered murder. If you even foreshorten someone's life by one minute, that's considered murder in Jewish law. So the fact that you see from the story that the it's rabbi agreed... Western law, too. Uh, well, that depends which state now. But, uh, that's a whole different topic. I don't want to get sidetracked. It's changing, though. You're right. It's changing more so. I'm right. So I'm right. No, but it's changing now. Yes. The, the right to die is becoming more and more prevalent than it was before. So, in Judaism, was a before his time. In Judaism, are you innocent until proven guilty or guilty? Like, where, what is the assumption uh, initially? Why? Of course, you're innocent. You need to. Uh, Jewish law requires a much higher standard of guilt than Western law and then American law. For sure, you need two witnesses. Anything less than two witnesses, it's not acceptable. No circumstantial evidence. So you. Sure, you have to take the high road. If these two guys are I'm traveling with, and he slits his throat. I have to take the high road saying, oh, he must have, there must have been, I, I, I shouldn't assume, oh, he murdered him in cold blood, oh. No, but he's yeah, sitting there. What do you mean? That's my son says, he was probably deserved. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm saying he's maybe that's right. He was with them the whole time, and the guy, they just had a fight. He just says, yeah. they blew up and killed him. Yeah, you clearly it, see it's not a crime, the guy place. deserved it, obviously. Yeah. 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 You don't assume. A fight like, is not a murder. You know, there's a winner of the fight, and the other one's dead. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't think so. Fight is a murder. I mean, it's self-defense. That's all, you know, of course, but that's not wasn't the case. It was obviously from the context, the assumption is it wasn't self-defense. But the, but the bottom line is, what, you do, what we want to talk about, and what we see from this, from this scenario here in the Talmud, is that there would be, again, you might question where do you draw the line, but if your life is threatened, 
you are allowed to assist in at least morally support an illegal activity. As in this case, it's murder. And in, in Schneier's case, in the carpet cleaner's case, is also, in a certain sense, he's morally supporting their sin of murder. Or um, in, in the American legal system, he clearly would be, um, what's the word, uh, getting rid of evidence? Accessory. Uh, that was the word, getting rid of evidence. Besides accessory, but uh, what's the word for getting rid of evidence? A better? They have a new word. It's called Hillary Clinton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, you Hillary Clinton it. Oh, you mean I shredded it. Please edit that out. I wiped the server clean. <laughs> As a clergy member, I can't support any candidates. I'm a 501c3. I'm not a 501c3. You can't support any candidate from the public. Uh, you lose your 501c3. That doesn't stop a lot of them from doing it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, no so, now, Very so what we've discussed here in the past in other scenarios is if you somehow enabled someone to perform an illegal activity or a sin, um, that, that's a biblical prohibition known as which is placing a stumbling block in front of the blind. You know what? Um, literally assist. Let's say the guy needed a knife to kill him. He was angry. His knife wasn't working. He said, you have a weapon. And I gave him the weapon. That's clearly a biblical prohibition known as um, that's enabling someone to sin. If he couldn't sin without you, or he couldn't perform that illegal activity without your assistance, and he only is able to do it with your assistance, that's a whole different story. Does that it is, have to be knowingly? Um, what, knowingly and which part? No, I mean, someone says, and he has to cut up this chicken, but then he gives him the knife and he kills someone. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, that's, that's unintentional. That's okay. any, any right. violation. Unless it causes less pain to the person. It's a little like you give him a big one. Like if so he it says, I'll kill pain. you if you don't give me that knife to kill this other guy. Can you give it to him? Yeah, because you're threatened. So, you're, well, you're, you're threatened well, for your life. Well, that's a good question. Because well, murder, life, that's a good point. You can't, you can't commit murder to, to save yeah, a life. You can't, exactly. You know, you, that's a good point. So when there are three, you vi we violate every one of the 610 commandments in the Torah, or 613, except three. There are three, what known as the three big ones, which is murder. That means you can't, um, if normally, if any mitzvah in the Torah, any commandment endangers your life, so you, you're, you're obligated to violate the sin. In order to save your life, you're obligated. You can't say, you know, I'm very religious. I'm not. I'm gonna go ahead and not, and do and not perform the sin, even if it's endangering your life. That's normal. The normal law. That's the default. But the three exceptions to that are murder. That means if someone says, "Kill this person, or I'll kill you," then you have you can't kill the person. Okay, to save your own, even to save your own life. The second one is idolatry, paganism. That means someone puts a gun to you and says, "Bow to this uh, pagan god." You have to give up your life before bowing to a pagan god. And number three is adultery. Someone puts a gun to you and says, sleep with this married woman. And other, uh, certain other sexual prohibitions, you have to take a bullet before you sleep with the woman. Thanks. Or, you have, to, or, or you have to take a bullet and sleep with her, depending whatever the case may be. Take a bullet yeah. So, <laughs> so think, doesn't that contribute to this case because he's basically trying to save himself, although they've so, already... So exactly, that, like someone mentioned, a very good point. What's your first name again? Al. Al, so Al's making a very good point because normally, since the default always is to save if your life is in danger you don't have to violate any you don't you're allowed to violate the sin so why why did he even ask the rabbi um someone i saw someone ask this question why did um ula have to ask for yochanan when he came to israel he asked him did i do the right thing of course he did the right thing you're saving his life what's the issue here so someone one of the answers given is because it's an issue of murder so he thought maybe i'm assisting in the murder somehow and that would be enough of a reason i can't i have to endanger my own life which would be maybe Similar to Obviously, I think, I think he just felt guilt. Yeah, he clearly <laughs> felt guilt. The felt question guilt. is, if he was a rabbi, he knew the law. The law is, uh, is obvious. Everyone knows the law. Doesn't you don't endanger your life to, to not, in order not to violate a sin. Doesn't Kol Nidre 
grant. No, that's only for a vow. It took a vow. Well, saying, what's uh, the difference uh, get between the, the vow and <laughs> idolatry? No, because idolatry, the Torah, it's one of the Ten Commandments. The Torah says, do not worship pagan gods. So it's not a vow. That's, that's explicit in the Torah. A vow means I said I'm not going to eat chicken. Fry chicken, because I'm going to die for the next three months. That's a vow. Or vows, I'm so not going to assist people that are murdering, so and then you do it. He you know. focused on the, the capital offense. One, what is the? He need. Hey, I need a knife to go kill someone. I give him the knife. Am I? Am I now a murderer? Not be Jewish. So again, if you're not, I don't know if you're a murderer, but you're enabling it to sin, which is a biblical right. prohibition for any sin. Well, if you again, we discussed this once. Remember, if you ask, you don't have money to buy a cheeseburger. You say, Rabbi, can you let me let me ten bucks because I need to go into Whataburger? I can't do that. If you do, if you had if you had no credit cards and you had no cash in it, I couldn't do that. If you had an ATM card on you, and and you're just too lazy to go down the block and take out the money, so that's only assisting. That's not enabling you to sin. You could sin without me. You could have the cheeseburger without me, but I'm just assisting you. So that's a lower level. That's only rabbinically prohibited. If I'm actually enabling you, that means you couldn't do the sin without me. That's a biblical violation, biblical prohibition. Not a murderer, but I'm I'm not. A, you know, but with two witnesses and a warrant, hey, don't two guys don't give him the knife. I'm like, Here's a knife. Am I now so, yeah, capital liable? Uh, well, it depends. It depends. If you knew, if you literally you knew he was part of it, you know, even let's say hiring him and things like that, that's considered murder. That you, uh, you're considered a murderer. It's not capital. It's not a capital crime, but it's still considered murder. In, in according to the Rambam, at least. In my mind. So, but, this, but here we're talking about in general, anytime, not only murder, if I, assist, if I enable you to buy a cheeseburger, then I... I violated the Torah law of, of enabling you to sin. But if I just assisted you in buying the cheeseburger, I didn't enable you. You understand the difference? Meaning, you could have done it without me. Let's say there's a cheeseburger there, and, you, and I say, pass me the cheeseburger. So I, I could have gotten up and got it myself. So that's just assisting. That's a rabbinical prohibition. If I couldn't get it, say I'm, in a, I'm a paraplegic, and I can't get up and get it, so then, and you, and you pass it to me, that's a biblical violation. You understand the difference? One is enabling, one is assisting. What we're saying here now is a new thing called and what we call it in number three, it's called machzike over That means I'm not enabling you. I'm not doing all I'm doing is morally supporting you. And the case you know, is what it is. Let's say you're you're killing someone, and I say, oh, great job, keep on trucking. So I didn't do anything to assist you. I did nothing. All I did was I posted on my Facebook, you know, let's, you know, great job. Um, so that in itself, we're saying, is a prohibition in Jewish law. So just morally encouraging someone to sin is in itself a problem. And that's what it, that's number three here. It's called strengthening the hands of sinners, which is uh, it says one may offer. Um, so this is a, a famous case. The case the Mishnah talks about. The source number one is is where, uh, as we know, there's something in the Torah. The Torah discusses what's called a sabbatical year. Every seven years in an agricultural society, they would leave the land fallow. It was actually this past year in Israel, in the land of Israel. You left. They leave, you're not allowed to um, actually make business off your land in the seventh every sabbatical year. It's called Shemitah. So the Mishnah in, in, in the discussing this law says, let's say you're passing by a field in Israel, and the farmer's plowing his land, he's planting. So you're not, you're, you're not assisting him in any way. He has his, he's doing whatever he has to do, but you just go keep on trucking. You give him a hook and horn sign, okay, while he's, he's, he's plowing his field. So it says the Mishnah, that's a problem. Um, because you're encouraging him to sin. So even though you yourself are not, not assisting him in any way, just encouraging someone in a sin is problematic, okay? Um, so you'd be stopping, like, you're walking down the street, you'd be stopping, like, constantly to tell people not to... Not to do something. 
No, what we're saying is you don't. So if you wave on me driving no, on well, Shabbos, hey, dude. One second. No, so one second, right? What we're saying is. You no, have a room no, next to me where we're yeah, going, yeah, okay? You give him the finger, yeah. not the wave. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we're saying is you're not obligated you to say something. You reserve next to me where we're what going. We're I'm going to get a nice room say, there. If you on say keep on side. trucking, you did something wrong. We're not saying you have to stop. What's that? Oh, so you can do nothing. Yeah, you can do nothing. What we're saying is, but if you say keep on trucking, that's a problem. But isn't doing nothing? That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. So so it's the protest is not going to work, then you don't have biblical Because I don't, I don't, I'm not as an Orthodox rabbi, I don't walk at the Beth Israel parking lot every Shabbat. Hold up a sign saying, you know, don't travel Shabbat. That's all that run me down. It's like if I'll lose my job. Right right. Okay, so the point is, what we're saying is you can't morally encourage them to do it. So, so that's really the issue. Okay, so, um, um, you know, it's, now what's interesting is just this is important, relevant to your topic is. Oh, so I'll listen to this one. Is uh, it says you, you can't say, you can't offer encouragement, but it says you still can say. Let's say I want to say good morning to the guy. Say how you know top of the morning. That I'm allowed to say. I Meaning you still have to act like a man. Just because someone's a sinner, this is very important to understand. So just because someone's a sinner, you say we can't encourage them in their sin. But we still have to give them equal rights in the sense of we don't treat them any less because they're committing a sin. So if you normally say good morning, you know, if you're going to look at as seen as being rude and walking by and not saying good morning, then then you should still say good morning. That's what the mission says. You may inquire into their well-being in keeping with the ways of peace. So we still have to treat, and this is a very important thing, a sinner as a normal person just because they're sinning doesn't but again maybe you have to protest in certain scenarios and you can't encourage their sin but that doesn't mean you should not talk to them well, okay? well, so if someone's a murderer or whatever this uh, bad person you can't you have to be like oh hey buddy like, <laughs> kind of like fake it um, well we're gonna get there we're gonna get there so we're gonna get to, that's a good question I mean, obviously murder is different we're talking about someone who's doing something which, uh, you know, let's say it really gets into play and I don't want to go there. Like the issue of homosexual marriages, or, meaning, and we spoke about this last time with the wedding gay, wedding gay, right? That question of selling a wedding, if I'm a bakery, am I obligated or can I sell a wedding cake to a gay marriage? Meaning, is that encouraging their sins? So that's where it would play a role. Is that, is that considered encouragement or is that just, you know, that's where it gets into that. Because I'm clearly, I'm not assisting them. They're going to get married whether I sell them the cake or not. Right. I have a man and woman on top of the cake or a man and man. Still, gonna, still getting married. So, I mean, and, and can you give the profits from that wedding, gay wedding cake to the rabbi? <laughs> because then it's ill-gotten. No, it's ill-gotten. I once had that. I told you that case. Remember we had, uh, I once had it with a judge, with Greg, uh, Greg Rosenberg. He was my attorney taking a case. We're fighting. Um, I told you, we spoke, didn't he come here to speak? He came here once. Right, so he spoke about it. So how was... I, I got Greg as to do this cake taste pro bono, you know Greg Rosemary. So he, uh, it was, we were fighting the county for an autopsy, to stop an autopsy, and the, the judge was. Um, Jewish judge, right? What's the name? The guy who came. What's his name? Um, Drew. Is he Drew something? It's not a Jewish name, but Jar. I can't remember. Moshe. Oh, I know you're talking about. Um, he just was reappointed, 14th. Uh, mm. Um, Dorfman, yes, Dorfman. Grant Dorfman. <laughs> so, uh, so we, so what was we, we came in. It was a first. We had to get an injunction to stop the autopsy. So he happened to be the judge. We had no idea. I happened to know him. I, he was on the torch board at the time. And uh, as a matter of fact, a letter I got a letter signed by all the rabbis of the city, saying that Judaism was a, you can't do an autopsy in this case. And his name was on the stationery on my letter. The judge's name. <laughs> <laughs> we submitted as evidence. And meanwhile, he said you. He called us up to the bench and he said, you had to take this back. <laughs> As is the judge's name. But the point was, so Greg said, we didn't want to, it was, it's a $5,000 bond, you have to post, 
in case it goes to trial, which it did, so you have to pay, if you lose the trial, you have to pay the lawyers, the, the other side's attorney's fees. So it's $5,000 a minimum. So uh, Greg said to the attorney, listen, Your Honor, I had a bad uh, poker game last night. I don't have any cash. Can we uh, can you give us a, a discount on the bond? Um, we can afford $5. So, so, uh, so the judge said to me, he said, Rabbi, is that permitted? So Greg Rosen said, listen, I give all my earnings to Bethy Sheridan and Torch. Told the judge, all my earnings from poker go to Bethy Sheridan and Torch. So the question became, was that, is that permitted? So just because you're giving your earnings, your ill-begotten earnings to charity, does not make it okay. I just want to make, clarify that. Clarify that to the judge at the time. Anyway, to make a long story short, we got, it, we got it only, we had a $5 bond. We went down, the clerk said she's never seen a $5 bond. She's never heard. So it was a pretty... That happened in Montreal in, um, in Boisbriand. The Tosh community. People were sending their, their money to the Tosh community and re response they got uh, a, uh, a check back for half of the money or something like that. So it was, they were washing the money mm. and a lot so of that's people illegal. So what's, of course, so what's the question? Hmm. So what's the relationship? No, I mean, they... they, they uh, oh, ill-begotten money, yes. It doesn't become better because you're giving it to charity. Yes. You're it doesn't it. make it better. <laughs> you have to wash it. You're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Watch so. it or wash it? Wash it. Oh. It was the prostitute that right. earned money couldn't donate that money to, to the, the temple. Right. But she could go buy a goat and give the goat to the temple because then it's no. like they cleaned it. You can wander um, through the. No, not exactly. Like, to the, take it, you're right. Take it to the mic fund. It's all good. Okay, so. Like you could get the goat from the and you had to sell the goat and then give the money. Because they don't want the goat. Oh, you can't. She couldn't use her money. To, even the goat is not acceptable. She got the goat in payment, yes. Yeah. She got the goat as payment for her services. That goat would not be able to brought to the temple as a sacrifice. But if she got paid and then bought a goat, that's true. So you are right. Alan was correct. He knows his story. Knows yeah, his I still story. can't find a rabbit that's ever re refused a donation. <laughs> ever. Or, or a goat. None that it's ever refused a goat. The money is good. Rabbis know when they're dealing with people that you know that that she's a shyster, whatever, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, whatever, and she donates money. They still take it. Yeah, okay, so now. So, I can pick up uh, It's okay. So again, so again, it's a very important concept there. What you're saying is. You can't encourage, someone's committing a sin, you can't tell them, keep on trucking. Um, encourage them, even morally. So again, just completely with words, you're encouraging them. That is problematic. Um, so the next part talks so about... I can't say, do more tricks so I get more money. <laughs> but you have to rebuke them and be like, hey, you should... No, that's a separate issue. That. Rebuke, uh, we discussed in the past, rebuke only is obligatory. We discussed what we discussed. The owner of that uh, team, the LA, the Clippers. Clippers or Lakers? Right, so where that or you obligate someone's racist, can you you obligate to rebuke? So we said that rebuke is only obligatory when when it's gonna do something. When you know you could change the person. If you're not gonna change the person then there's no obligation to rebuke. So the assumption is usually, especially today, that you're not gonna change someone just by screaming at them or Okay, so so uh, so again, we're not talking about rebuke, the question is encouragement, moral encouragement. Like we said, putting something on your Facebook page. Um, saying, you know, stab, you know, great job for stabbing this person or, or whatever it is, or for bullying this kid, that is probably, that is in itself prohibited. Okay, just posting that on Facebook. Um, even though, you get he did nothing illegal at the time, or, or now, actually, there was a case. So yesterday, on, on Fox News, I don't remember where, of this woman who posted a video on her webpage saying about killing cops, and they, got, they arrested her. And, um, 
she claims no, it wasn't she mean it. She basically had a whole rant um, about killing the cops, um, and then she was arrested for it. So her attorney saying it's free speech, and well, you know, etc. So, so, but that clearly, halakhically, that would be prohibited because again, you're encouraging uh, a violation of the law, encouraging sin. So halakhically, that would be a problem, especially when it comes to murder, as we put here. So, so uh, make sure we have the same. So I have a question yes. on B. B. Okay, we didn't say this. Let me read B. Okay. It says, so B is actually, this is codified in, in the Shulchan Aruch, in Jewish law, when it comes to stealing, as you're saying, fencing goods. This will be relevant if you go to a, a pawn shop. That's what I was going to ask. Right, and you know that this, or, or if you're from Brooklyn, and when a guy comes over to you on the street and goes, I want to buy a Rolex, and he has five watches on his hand. So, you, so that's problematic, where you're supporting sin. Because if you know this guy, there's a stolen goods, and by you purchasing those stolen goods, you're encouraging him to do it again in the future. Um, so then that itself is problematic. So that's what is codified. In B, 3B, it says it is prohibited to purchase goods from a thief, the Shulchan Aruch says, the Code of Jewish Law. Um, and it's a great sin, since you are strengthening the hands of sinners and causing them to steal more. Since if he would not have buyers, he would not steal. And uh, the man demands on, and it's prohibited to help a thief in any which way. So again, even, again, am I doing something illegal if I walk to a pawn shop and buy a watch of a guy comes over to me? Technically, I don't know it's stolen. Um, I can buy it. Legally, I think by in American law, you, you, you didn't do anything wrong. But in Allah, since the assumption is you can assume the guy selling stuff over the back of his pickup, um, that it's probably stolen, depending on which neighborhood you live in. Um, so, so then that would be problematic. So what's your question? So I was going to ask about the number of pawn shops that are owned by Jewish people who aren't they in a way Every so time they always say, don't, don't bring a proof to Judaism from Jews. That's number one. Just okay. what Jews do has nothing to do with Judaism, per se. Most Jews. That's number one. Number two is, yeah, I mean, the question is, if they know, I mean, I think legally, I don't, I don't know how it works. If you want a pawn shop, if you know that it's stolen goods, I'm assuming that's also illegal to purchase those goods. Um, the claim is, you know, they'll claim maybe they don't know, but how do you ascertain that? Right? I think depending on who which neighborhood your store is in and who's walking in, I think you could figure out. Um, I mean, mo most people who run pawn shops run legitimate loan operations. You oh, I'm saying when they get the goods, yeah, they have, they have to play them by, good. yeah, otherwise yeah. they They run the goods through, like, the national database or something for stolen. Yeah, there's no, a, I mean, a lot of people. They have a duty to, to... A pawn shop, for example, doesn't have a duty to search out whether there's been a crime associated with those goods. If it's obvious, you know, the cops were just here 15 minutes ago looking for this Rolex watch with the guy's initials on it, and the guy comes in, Same you know, that then you're, you know. But the guy comes in with his Rolex and he says, you know, I'm out of money. I need to hock my Rolex. Hopefully I'm going to get paid before it's time. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Guy needs money. It's better than robbing a bank. Yeah, because I guess also drawing assumptions based on what he looks like could be considered uh, discrimination. Oh, that's what well, the law wasn't passed. Not in Houston. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, politically correctness trumps common sense. Right. So right, you finally understand. I'm having a tough time with it. <laughs> I think I'm a woman, so I'm going to go shower in the women's locker room. Anyway. Okay, let's let go there. That's not really reading. reading. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Um, so, uh, but 
but they killed a good bill by trying to do that. Yes, the bill was good. Okay, so let's, so for a second, I just want to, murder is the obvious one, so I put down a few sources, it says very clearly, and that is what you were asking, David, about, and even associating somehow, even if you're not actually part of the murder, any partnership with the murder is considered, in a certain sense, like, so murder is obviously more severe, and Manny says that's very clearly, even hiring him and things like that, you didn't do the act itself, it's, it might not be a capital crime, at least in, Jew, in Jewish law, but it clearly is accessory to murder in Jewish law is considered as murder in itself. Again, that's necessarily felony, moral support. It's felony murder in the U.S. Okay. In the Western world. Um, so, a quick question then. So, murder, obviously you shouldn't associate with someone who's a murderer and you can't help them commit murder. However, if you're a defense attorney and you know that and you got to get this guy off, isn't that your legal profession? Does that, is that a conflict then? What are you saying? Could a defense attorney... Can defend, can oh, so that's a whole different question, which... Have you didn't do that class here yet? You need to do that one. Which is what, as a, I think we did, as an attorney, what you have to disclose, meaning there's... Uh, obviously, you can't disclose everything your client told you, but you're allowed to defend your client, even if he's, even if you know he's guilty. You can still defend him, because there are many... I don't want to call them loopholes, but there are many factors and mitigating factors within a murder that might get people off the hook, whether it's insanity, whatever it is. So you can work, work as you said, with the law of the land to find, to try to lessen the, the level of guilt. You know, you're not doing anything wrong. That's what being an attorney is about. Is it the most upstanding profession? You're not enabling? Entitled to a defense. Yes, I'm saying, right. He's, not, he's innocent until proven guilty. In Jewish law, it's the same thing. In Jewish law, it's very clear, by the way, the Torah, they didn't have attorneys then. Um, I don't know what all the Jews did, but they. Yeah, but they, he's, they innocent. Did. he's innocent. No, I'm saying the Torah says very clearly the job of the judge is to try to get the person off the hook. Knows this. Meaning, our job is to defend the defendant. Um, which any way possible. We don't try to. We don't try to. Yeah, but he's, innis he's innocent until proven guilty. But if you know the truth and know he's guilty, then you, it's your your moral. Okay, so that's a whole. So that's a good but question. The, the As an attorney, way, that's a whole different question. But then the only way that you could truly know is if you were there, right? Or if he told you. Or he no, told self admission is not. Self admission in Jewish law is not. Mentally competent. Self. That's another point. No, self admission in Jewish law. You're right. Nobody's mentally competent. No, no, no. Alan, self admission in Jewish law is not considered evidence. Self-admission to a crime is not considered evidence in Jewish law. You, you can, whether he's guilty or not, he still is entitled to a defense, defense. that requires the uh, prosecution to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt and follow all the rules. I mean, that there's nothing. That's a different question. So, it's a, it's a professional question. I thought we did this class, but we'll maybe we did. do it again. We did. A while ago. <laughs> Okay. Um, so now there's another there's this, another there's important aspect here, which is um, I remember David Ron. Very very strict uh, thing within Jewish law, which is even fl flattery to an evil doer. Again, which is similar point is encouraging or morally encouraging someone who is a violator of the law and saying even not even discussing that aspect, but saying oh you're a great guy, you know slapping on a guy in the back who you know is an evil person. That could be problematic in Jewish law. If you look at number eight, it says like this. Uh, this is from Benioni Grundy, who was, uh, lived in fifth, I don't know, 14th century Spain. Uh, he says like this. He says, We are therefore warned not to strengthen the hand of evildoers in words, nor to be associated with those who agree to do evil, even to do a, a Dvar Mitzvah, which means even if you're strengthening them, like you're saying they're making a donation to the synagogue. So, you know, hey, we want their money, we'll help, you know, not doing anything wrong. It's still forbidden to befriend an evildoer. 
Okay, now he, he then goes on to show there are nine levels of what, we, what he calls prohibition of flattery, which means flattering someone who you know doesn't deserve the, the flattery. Or you're, you're either now there are different levels as we're going to see. There's lying and saying something which is false, meaning you're saying he, you know, he's a great charitable person when you know he's not. The guy is, you know, doesn't never wants to give charity. Okay, that's one level of flattery. And this, by the way, comes up comes into play first of all as a rabbi a lot um, when it comes to donors and synagogues and things like that. But it also it comes up as we're saying in candidates, um, especially with political candidates where you know they're might be evil, but you have to publicly support them, you're voting for them, or again, you're, you're donating to their fund because you need their help in the future uh, to their pack or whatever it is. This could be a big problem. Um, so there are different levels. So, so level number one is tell an evildoer that his evil is in fact not at all wrong. Meaning you're, you're supporting him and you're saying, no, nah, it's not so bad what you did. You know, it's really not so bad. Like you said, the guy deserved it. Um, it's, not, it's not really such a sin, you know, it's not, don't, it's not so bad. So that's the, the obviously the, the worst level of flattery, where you're, su- you're basically supporting you're in- and encouraging his act that he did, whatever that may be, his violation of the law or sin. So that is very clearly prohibited. Everyone, that in, ev- in that situation, everyone agrees um, that, you're, that you're encouraging his sin. He doesn't goes on to say, um, the second level is praising the evildoer publicly for some good that he does. So what about the guy, as many people, as uh, like many politicians and many other people, there, there are things they do wrong, but there are good things they do. Can I publicly get up in the show or honor him at a, at a dinner, at, the, at some function where we're giving him an honor, where in other areas of his life he, did, he has issues, but we're just going to praise uh, the good stuff that he's done. Okay, so is that still considered a violation of flattery? where you're, f- you're flattering a sinner. He's an evil person, but listen, he has a lot of money. He's going to donate a lot of money to the, to the whatever it is, the ADL. It's so can we honor him? It's a balancing That's for sure, but the question is... Nonprofits, uh, there have been not a lot of nonprofits who've, you know, given that money back. No, oh. that's because the money is they're ill-gotten. I'm not talking about the, where the money is ill-gotten. Hey, they don't put that's your name on a wall because you're a good person. They put it because you give money. Yes, but the, the question they is, again, so we're not talking about if the money was ill-gotten, if, if uh, you know, Andy Festo gives money to me, so that's a problem. Okay. If who? Andy Festo. Yeah, right, or whoever, right? right so that's he because it person. might be ill-gotten Ill money. Yeah. Okay, um, so, so, uh, so now that's something else. But we're talking about where the, the money is kosher money, let's assume. But okay. the question is, this guy is a philanderer. He's, a, okay. he's done other stuff Number in his life where uh, evil stuff. So can I now honor him at uh, ADL dinner and give him the, you know, the torture or whatever it is? That's really the question. Okay, so that's he's saying in number two, he's saying um, praising the evildoer publicly for some good that he does and ignoring the fact that he's evil in other areas of his life. Understand that? That's the question. So what do you say is he... I don't know. Development director for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, then you go, then you look at, you've got the, the ADL, the, the award that they give is the LBJ award. Well, I mean, LBJ did a lot of things that were, you know, questionable in his lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, won elections with, there were questions of some of the elections that he won with dead people. And so why should the award even be named for him, much less... You know. but, but, she discriminates but very few people. people are Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's so part of there, what I'm there saying. There should be a balance. Exactly. I agree completely. But that's what I'm saying. 
So where's the yeah? Where's the balance? You say, oh well, because he occasionally won, you know, elections not so even-handedly, then we shouldn't name an award after him. Well, then let's not honor anybody, basically. No, so you're right. We're talking about clear, something that's sure clearly sin, an evil person. Not talking about us, and everyone has uh, things in their life, discretions that they've done. The question is someone who you know is an openly, flagrantly open sinner, does things that are really illegal. He happens to also give a lot of money to good causes. Okay, but but his money is kosher. Not talking about some money. That's the whole. That's the question of the prostitute and the goat. That's he wouldn't have made. <coughs> he might not have made the money if he didn't do something illegal to get to that position to make the money in the first place. I mean, you could stretch it out. Okay, but so let's not even right. take money. Let's take okay. a politician. Okay. okay, politician. Easier, easier case to pick on. So, so, so meaning the guy, you know, he's an evil person. But listen, he happens to have a great stance on Israel. His platform happens to have a great stance on Israel, and. He or and you're a contractor in the city, and you're going to need him later on. So can I support this guy and and you know call him up? You know I'm going to be the treasurer of his campaign or whatever it is, and I'm going to say how great a guy he is to convince people to vote for him. Is that is that okay? That's where get meaning. So according to to Rebbeiono here, he's very clearly saying you can't do that either. Number two is you can't even praise the evildoer for the good that he's done, ignoring his evil actions. Now not everyone agrees with this. There's some saying that that that's fine, depending on the scenario, you, you don't have to, as long as you're not praising his evil actions, you know, you're not saying what he did was fine, that's, you know, that's okay. Um, as long as you can focus on his good. Especially, and Ramosh Feinstein says this about, uh, he says that you can do that if, if you need the person for some reason. Clearly, if, obviously, if you need him, it's danger to your life, that would be the original case, there's no question. We're talking about, you know, somehow, let's say, you know, we need him for, the synagogue can't survive without this donor. Okay, we'll have to close our doors. Um, now, again, the money that he's donating is, is kosher money. That's the scenario. But he's done other bad things, let's say against the Torah, whatever it is. So can we now honor him at the shul dinner? Is Schindler be an example? Who? Schindler, from Schindler's List. If he was, uh, he was still working in the Nazis, but he was saving lives and... Uh, um, oh, what do you mean? No, I don't think he did much evil with me. He was doing munitions. So he was working a factory for the Nazis. That wasn't munitions, it was pots. Enamel pots. You have to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the movie's historical reference. Hey, that's why I argue with you about Moses, because I've seen Charlton Heston do it many a time. It's more important. My father actually was in that camp. My father was in the... But he was a crook. Schindler, generally a crooked businessman. I mean, that's the way the story goes, but... So he did amazingly good things. Right. Right. So, okay, so that's the question. I mean, so, Hitler, Hitler got rid of the, the Weimar inflation. I mean, if they were to honor him for the economic salvation of Germany, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it really is a, I, I think it's important to keep it, keep it that it's a balance. Is there, is there a level of badness? evil, yeah. but that doesn't mean he didn't do anything good for his country. Yeah, so again, what we're talking about, so let's say, obviously that's an extreme example. Hitler yeah, well, that's probably the most extreme. Very well put. But any, let's <laughs> stick to politicians. Maybe. It's politicians. <laughs> 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 Every standard politician, which, again, they might have things in their platform, which, let's say me as an Orthodox rabbi, I, I don't feel comfortable supporting them because they go against Torah values. But, How okay. did you support any politician? But so the guy, he's pro-Israel. How do you support anyone? Is you both, uh, this guy does this thing. There's nobody that does this thing. Well, I'm saying it depends. Do you abstain? You know, 
No, the pen, that's, well, you, that's my question. Or do you, pick, posing the, the you question. pick the best of the Can evil? I, uh, that's, that's the question here. Should you say don't vote? But then Israel will be in a bad position if no Jews would vote. Right, so you have to look at it. You're I don't right, know. Right, the Jews kind of vote the wrong way sometimes. So I don't know if I'd go there. Um, but but the, the, so if you look at number nine, by the way, so this number nine says... Number nine? Skipping down to number nine because we're out of time. Honoring people who are sinners with the standard honor that is due to their status position. So meaning there's, there's two ways to honor someone. You could honor them... And I can call them up to the podium and, and say how nice they are. I could, again, I can either talk about saying what they did wasn't so bad, okay? Um, let's say Andy Festo. Not that I don't mean to pick on him, but he actually I met with him um, recently. Told you. He, he, uh, he wants to talk at, you know, J.I. So Beth Israel, Beth Israel actually had him as a speaker, and Beth Israel is going to have him because he claims he did tshuva. He's now a strange person. He was in, he was in jail for five years. Um, can we? Can I call him up and say, "Listen, what he did, you know," and sort of rationalize his sin? That's one level of flattery. Second one is saying, "No, listen, he's a great person. He did a lot of just focusing on the good aspects of his life." And number nine is saying, "You can honor him in the standard honor, you know, that, but not more than like we honor most of our ex-cons. Not more than, uh, more than." Oh, do we, More do than we the have standard. I mean, let's say when he comes to shul, can we give him an aliyah in the shul? Everyone gets but an aliyah in shul. Or should we say no? You can't give him an aliyah. Can't call him up to the Torah because because of what he's but done. His actions contributed to the death of people. People commit suicide as a result. It's true. Of uh, maybe. But, but, but does it matter that he did, or he says he, he wasn't did. convicted of so that? So does that mean we can't give him an aliyah? We can't call him up to the Torah and shul? That's the question. So then, what's the point of him doing tshuva? But number nine really oh, has. Okay, a okay. Questionable. Well, I don't know if he really did. He claims he did. Okay, but number saying. nine applies to, to the question of the office. So, if, if you think Obama is really bad for Israel, as some of us might think, and do we have to honor his position as president? Right. So that's really the, that's what number nine is saying. Right. Um, well, he's saying it's a problem. To, Others say it's fine. I mean, others disagree again with number nine, saying to give someone the regular honors that you give anyone else, call him up for the Torah and Shul. His that would be fine, even if he's a sinner, because uh, because you're not showing any special reverence to him. You're not flattering. That's not called flattery. If I give someone, everyone gets called up to the Torah once a year, two times a year. So you're not giving him any special respect. So that might be allowed. Okay. So that's so obviously it's it's. But in a case, what I've seen is. Um, the case we're talking about a candidate again, like you're saying, we're obviously as Jews, as Jewish community, we have to vote for someone. We have to support a candidate who's going to help us. So again, it would be allowed not to. You can't get up and say, let's say the candidate supports homosexual marriage. I wouldn't be able to get up and say, you know, I support that as an Orthodox rabbi. I can't because that would be uh, sort of number one. That would be telling an evildoer his evil is not wrong. So that I couldn't support. Okay, but I would be able to, like we're saying, maybe. Again, where the community needs this person for political reasons to support Israel, whatever the case is, um, so that I would be probably be according to many do allow to do number two, which is praise him publicly for the good that he's done. And that, but I, if that everyone agrees. Number one is everyone agrees I can't support his sin, okay, publicly, can't or or to his face. I can't say you know it's not so bad either. So that's really more or less. Thank you.